0: Podcast of the Cinema, hosted by you, Dave White, and me, Alonzo Duraldi. We are both film critics. We both write for The Wrap. Yeah. Um, we are espoused. Yeah. Um, I co-host some other podcasts.
1: I have a lot of aches and pains. You and me both, fella. Particularly today, I have more than you. Granted. I went to water fitness class mm-hmm. this morning. You did not accompany me. I did not I thirst, had... thirst trap. Gary Cotty did. Ah, uh, yes. Well, <laughs> it's my fault. It's a speedo occasion. <laughs> it's my fault. He's a thirst trap now. I, I, you know, started taking pictures while we were there. And then I, and then, uh, he goes, what speedo do you want me to wear <laughs> to class? I was like, all of them, any of them. All, I know, I know how you like them. And, um, you know, c- contrasting with me, you know, I, I've got on some trunks. I mean, they're flirty trunks. Are they? They go. They're pretty up the. They're pretty high up the thigh. If anybody wants to go to water fitness class, <laughs> check me out. Check out my gams.
0: Um, you might be overselling the flirtiness of the trunks. Oh, they're flirty trunks. A wee
1: bit. They're flirty trunks. Sure. Um, but I also have on you know like those webby water shoes and. A long sleeve like tech material swim, swim shirt shirt, shirt that protects me from the sun and a gigantic floppy bucket hat. <laughs> and uh as I said on Instagram when I snapped a picture of Gary and And it honestly it was a completely posed situation. I go come out of the pool <laughs> and, and and make it be like Halle Berry in that movie. With Halle Berry, where she comes out of the water in a bikini. Are you talking about the Bond movie that she's no, in? No. What was the other one with Hugh oh, Jackman? Swordfish. <laughs> yeah, Swordfish. They're like Halle Berry and Swordfish coming out of the water. And um, and then it was like, okay, okay. Like Daniel Craig coming out of the water Yes. in the thing. And so we did that. And I took his picture. And I posted it. And I was like, I cover myself like Diane Keaton (laughs) in the pool. Um, And he's like, I need my tan. Anyway, today, you didn't go. He went with me. And when I go to water fitness,
0: I have to say, I've also been wearing a long sleeve shirt. You have? Because of sun. The sun. sun. Yeah, we hate that sun. But
1: it rides up so much while I'm doing the motions. (laughs) Mine is like a balloon by the time I'm done. It's like, I'm just like this this water filled sack of shirt by the time I'm done. I'm thinking I need like scuba (laughs)
0: gear. Like I just, I need. Like a full. I need a one piece. Creature from the Black Lagoon costume. Yes.
1: That would be funny. Yeah. If you dressed up like creature from the black lagoon, but but shorts. Like with the hat, with the mask and everything and just did all the oh, <laughs> like the actual exercises. Well, yeah. yeah if yeah, yeah. they
0: made that for exercise use. I would uh I'd a look into a big in, but... fat
1: creature from the black no, lagoon. No, I
0: meant like a like a like a like a short short le- a short pant scuba outfit.
1: Right. A, f- a flirty a flirty scuba. But it's got to have long sleeves yeah, because know. of the sun. I know. So. I know. Um, I must shop. So anyway, so today you're sore. the ins- today the instructor was not there. Oh, so we had a substitute.
0: Oh, did you tell her that you were going to have class outside today?
1: Uh,
0: <laughs> the pool. Is it's outside. a trick question. Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> um. He must have got the call like yesterday mm-hmm. that she wasn't going to be in. Oh, he made a playlist. There oh, or he then? came prepared. Oh, not only. Someone's ankling for the gig. Not only did he uh, hurt everyone in class <laughs> with the moves. He was like, okay, now this. Woo, 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 woo. He's like double timing things. Oh, man. And Ow, like uh, kicking his legs up, doing things that are physically impossible on land or underwater. To do. He's like twisted around and t- kicking his legs in different directions. And I'm like, girl, <laughs> you know I can't. <laughs> I mean, you don't know, but you're fixing to see. I cannot. Like at some point during the class, no matter who the instructor is, I grab the side of the pool. I go to the seven-foot end, and I just kick. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I'm like I, I'm going to keep moving, but I'm not going to be doing what you're doing no, because there, what you're doing is not easy uh, at all. We and always I, reach my body some level of acrobatics things. that I cannot
0: yeah. do. Uh, does this qualify as elder abuse? This he guy was, coming out here? And... No, no, no. He was just
1: pushing everybody. Okay, he was really pushing everybody, and because uh, we're on the young end of the spectrum in that class, I know. But there are so many people in that class who are like eighty, who are in better shape than far us, far more uh, 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 agile, flexible, and agile than than either you or, or I, Fair. my my Fair. Husband, my husband. Um. The. Uh, so he's, he's working us real hard mm-hmm. Okay And the energy level of, of, of his Like his enthusiasm for the process mm-hmm. Is like It's like a 12 Is he
0: like Murray Bartlett in physical? Yes he is
1: yelling and going Woo and stuff And the music I was going to say I need to know about the song choices <sighs> It was like An evening in Ibiza no. With your DJ friend. Oh man. Uh um but like he started with Demi Lovato and then went to like Gaga and Madonna and club tracks that literally no one knew but that I had heard maybe like once or twice. And at one point And then it drops during the Oh yes. <laughs> it did. At one point it goes Oh <ringingríe> and I floated over to Gary and I go, Dozens of senior citizens today in West Hollywood were killed by dubstep. <laughs> and so Gary and I, every time it would make that noise, we'd both pretty loud, like go, People were turning around <laughs> looking at us. But, but throughout the class, you know, I'm in the back, yeah, with my back against the wall because I, I, can, yeah. I can't balance any other way. I'm in the back and I'm looking at folks in front of me who are all giving each other the, what is he doing? <laughs> face, you know? About 30 minutes in, three or four of them all in succession, because it only took one brave enough to say it, and then the others were doing it too, like, it's too loud. Like yelling at him to turn down the music. Honestly, he was fantastic. (laughs) He was great. Because you know what I could stand a whole lot less of? And I really like the instructor. Sure. I really, I think she's a wonderful instructor. But I don't need to hear kung fu fighting anymore. I, I, I don't need to hear like... I would love to uh, old, like. I would love some songs choices. that have no rhythmic element to right, them at exactly. all. Kung Fu Fighting does have a yeah, obviously, but like, just a. There are some wonky choices in the on the music selection. I would like somebody between the
0: Beach Boys and Demi Lovato. I think. There's one or two artists not that just any of The remix, all of right. course. Yes. Yeah, all right. I, I think maybe you know it was.
1: He was trying to house us no, today. I, and I would. I would cool.
0: just. Could we have some late 20th century? I think. That would be very <laughs> oh, we got exciting. all the late 20th century.
1: Yeah. And into the 20 teens. Yeah. See, yeah.
0: No, I want. Look, I want 80s. That's what I'm saying.
1: I walked up to the booth after the after the class and i motioned for the
0: and you said touch me i'm exing
1: the ticket taker dude that's what gary said to me at one point during that i'm like making that up he goes uh, are you are you there yet are you there yet are you there yet this is like, my family now yeah. and the funniest part is that this is i was on the way there uh i was on the way there i was like everybody's free mm-hmm feel good and and i was like i want the i want the instructor to play that kind of stuff i want to get i want this it's 10 o'clock in the morning i need to get my heart rate up i need to move two songs in gary turns to me goes you're gonna get your wish (laughs) i think you're gonna get your wish today (laughs) yeah yeah. so i go to the booth at the end the ticket taker guy Mm -hmm. booth and i walk up to it i motion for him to come over i go you're going to hear complaints from the class today. I saw it. I saw a mini revolt going on in the pool. They didn't like the loudness of the music. They didn't like the music. They didn't like how hard he was pushing us. You tell him that I think he's great. And I'm happy if he ever comes back and does it again. I don't. You're want, a troublemaker. I don't want the actual instructor to go away. No. Because I like her. And the music's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But this guy was this guy was energetic. Hmm. I like that. I like that in a person who's trying to get me motivated.
0: Yeah, but I don't you know what? Look, I'm easy. Throw some CNC music
1: factory on.: Oh she well, she plays that. That's true. Yeah. So but like, here's what happens. When I hear St Martha wash, uh-huh. I'm instantly, I'm moving there you go. more.
0: Yeah, she could, could there be more black box in her uh How, about, how, about, any, how about any black any box? Any black box would how be about, great. How about that? Yes.
1: All I'm saying is, what if there was a combination of the two? What if her, like, ease of motion and his... Oots, 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 oots kind of situation.
0: Her ease of motion is already exhausting me. Like I've never made it past forty-five <laughs> minutes of an hour-long class. I made it to forty-five minutes today, and I was, I was. And m- when I going. do, it wears me out for the rest of the day. So the idea of more <laughs> BPMs is just like, meh. I think I'd have been with. The, I'd have been. This is to, why
1: I have pain. This is why I have soreness and pains right now. I understand as I podcast
0: because you got you got you you were addicted to the rhythm.
1: I was. I was. I got the power. Clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Snap. (laughs) We have films. We do. We have films to talk about uh, today. Let's begin. And here's how it's going to go down. We're going to talk about, don't worry, darling. Mm
0: -hmm. We're
1: going to talk about. Confess Fletch.
0: Yes, which we somehow just forgot to get to last time. And we're
1: going to talk about Moon Age Daydream, the David Bowie documentary. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start with Don't Worry Darling, and we are not going to spoil anything. Right. Okay? Then we're going to do the other two. We're going to read the letters. We're going to say goodbye. If you've listened to the show long enough, you know what we're going to do. Yes. We're going to say goodbye, and then we're going to kick it back in, and then we're going to spend the last chunk of the actual podcast spoiling all of Don't Worry Darling. And actually, one of the letters contains nope spoilers, so if that's a problem we'll warn you about that We'll read the nope letter. How about we read the nope letter after we say goodbye? Oh, or we could do that. Then too. you can then you can listen as long as a note letter, and then you can not listen to the "Don't worry, darling." Or you can turn off this podcast anytime you want. I know a lot. You of may people, have already done. I so. know a lot of people turn it off in the first fifteen minutes because they're like, they're never going to talk about movies. <laughs> and to you people, I say nothing because you've already turned us off. Yes. What's left S- to say? So sorry that you couldn't handle it. This is a, this is a, this is, listen, this is a beats per minute intensive water fitness class. <laughs> so if you're not ready for that, I'm sorry.
0: Maybe you should go check out Pilates.
1: Maybe steps. you should, maybe you should go to an easier class. Mm. Hmm? What about you do that? All right, Alonso. Yes. Darling. Darling. <laughs> Don't worry. The rats are coming. The werewolves are here. <laughs>
0: That was my favorite of the responses that you came up with <laughs> for that Twitter prompt.
1: Uh, I'll give you all a little secret. Sometimes when Alonzo Dralde is tweeting things, it's stuff I've said, but I don't have the energy or the desire to tweet because I don't, I, I really don't want yes. to engage. Because someone
0: might follow you and that would
1: just, it ruin would really my day. ruin my day. Yeah. Um, so don't worry, darling. Is a movie. It is Olivia Wilde's second directorial effort. Yes. After Booksmart. Yes. Which you and I both really loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, this film stars Florence Pugh, Pugh, <laughs> Harry Styles, Chris Pine, Olivia Wilde, Kiki Lane. From If Beale Street Could Talk. Yes. Chelsea, If Beale Street Could Talk. Oh, no, you haven't seen If Beale Street Could Talk? Turn off see this podcast Beale right Street now. Talk. And go watch If Beale Street Could Talk. That's your homework. <laughs> and then what go, go what, it, a, what a what a wonderful movie that is. And then is. To
0: go look at Kiki Lane's Instagram where she talks about how she got most of her scenes got cut out of Don't Worry, darling.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Um She's in it very little, but she's a pivotal. Uh, yes, in spite of the fact that she's in it very little, she's a pivotal plot plot point. Yes. Okay. Uh, Gemma Chan mm-hmm. is in it. Kate Berlant, Nick Kroll, other folks. Now, yeah. it takes place sometime in the nineteen fifties. We don't know. It takes place in a place that really looks like Palm Springs. Yes. Um, It is a desert-planned community called Victory. Yes. It is also seemingly an enclosed community Mm -hmm. where it is understood that without anyone telling you that you're kind of not allowed to leave. Unless yeah. you're a guy.
0: Yeah. No, the, like the, the ladies. Men, the men go, don't to go work out there. Day. We are protecting you. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, so it, it's a community that is built around this mysterious industry that is also victory. Yeah. That no one seems to quite know what they do or make. Um, but they also seem to provide all of the goods and services in town. Like everything is a victory brand. All the food brand, the, is the stuff. The, the vacuum stuff. cleaner. You yeah. Know.
1: Yeah. So Florence Pugh and Harry Styles are a married couple, they are somewhat unusual in their uh neighborhood their their cul-de-sac where everything is orderly and regimented and symmetrical and you know precision clockwork the same yeah it's like the edward scissorhands cul-de-sac they are a little different than the other couples because they don't have kids they just like doing sex all the time yes i mean you know they're both very good looking why shouldn't they Mm. Life's going real well. Everybody's happy. But then, things start going off in little tiny ways. Florence Pugh cracks eggs and there are no yolks in the eggs. And she cracks a whole carton of them and there are no yolks. No whites, no nothing. Nothing, nothing. Um... She sees a plane crash. She sees a plane crash. Out in the desert. She sees uh, her friend, Kiki Lane, involved in something of an accident, but also maybe not an accident. And then she sees Kiki Lane in the mirror at dance class, and it is a hallucination. Yes. And Kiki Lane character seems to be having some kind of her own trouble having kind of a breakdown and because of this this concerns Florence Pugh uh, in addition to the eggs and the plane she's like something's wrong yes what's wrong and she begins to question what's wrong around her and that's everything we're going to tell you about the plot until later don't worry darling um all right. Opinion time. Go.
0: Okay. Well, what I like about this movie is, first of all, Florence Pugh, who just commits and, you know, uh, is giving a, a terrific performance. She's the audience surrogate. She is at the center of everything. And, and I, I always find her riveting. The You are right about that. The look and design of this film is, you know, impeccable. Mm. Matthew Libatique shot it. Um, oh my
1: god did he shoot it a... Yeah <laughs> It's all right
0: you know the production design art direction costume hair makeup team like just makes everything look like you know this sort of life magazine photo spread they really get the the sort of mid-century the design
1: dream the 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 the, the design of the sets is there were, there there were two 1950s in terms of modern, like sort of cutting edge mm-hmm. modern design, there was the stuff that we still have with us now that people still put in their homes, Eames chairs, gorgeous, you know, uh, you know, furniture from from the Eameses, from Danish you know, designer Bertoya, from uh, 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 you know, you name you name a, a, a mid century modern furniture, you know, manufacturer or designer that became known as a classic of its moment and and fits in any time now from then until now. Yes. And then there's the weird like fins on everything. kitschy, things? you know, candy colored S- starburst lamps. Yeah. Uh, the stuff that's like over decorated kidney shaped, you pools. know, poodle things and you yeah. know, that kind of thing. None of that is in this film. Yeah. Everything in this film is, is perfection. Yeah. Uh, everything looks beautiful and although you know you are in a specific time period you would look at the homes in this film and say i'll move into that right now yeah that's perfect
0: what i don't like about this movie is that it you know it introduces early on the something is terribly wrong here thing yeah and so much of the movie Is really dragging its feet about something terrible is going (laughs) on here. Where it's like, okay, either tell us or at least find more clues and piece it together something. It's like, it just, I I felt like I I was very, I got impatient for to get on with it because everything else it was showing me felt very familiar. Yeah. And then once it did start showing me. Because it's also
1: referring to other paranoid films yes uh, of the past. Yes. Yeah.
0: And and once it gets to where it's going, almost every single reveal in this movie feels like it was retrofitted from another movie with reveals in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you know, I, look, I mean obviously if you've seen the trailer, you're probably already thinking, "Oh, Stepford
1: Wives." And well, that, everybody I know who hasn't seen the film just says, "So it's just Stepford Wives, right?" And I'm like, "No." Right. But, what it, but what, it, what it is that isn't Stepford a long Wives. Long drawn out no. <laughs> but, but because it does refer to the Stepford Wives, not just visually, but themat- thematically. Thema- as, sure. Uh,
0: but but well. I think, but yeah. other reveals along the way come from other, like I could pinpoint exactly another yeah. major movie that did that specific thing as a twist. Yeah. And so by the end of it, it just kind of feels like this feels like a lot of effort. To not break any new ground uh you know a, a, and what it has to say about gender and gender politics and power dynamics, I feel like I've also seen elsewhere so it's it's a it's a beautiful gleaming package of leftovers, I guess, is, is, was my takeaway from this movie. Are you quite finished? Tell me now what, why, I, why I'm a boob and how your, your read is so deep. My read is so deep. Mm. <laughs>
1: uh, no, I, 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 I understand everything you're saying. And I also think that the reveals that you're talking about uh, contemporize the themes in ways that the films that it is referring to could not possibly do sure, and there are and, some specifically now yes ideas and so in there. and so the 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 reveals to me while you know yes, there's some familiarity to it. I felt like we had had I felt like we got an updating of you know uh ideas. To fit where we are right now in the world. Um, Also, I was baffled by the clues. (laughs) (laughs) And even when I got the reveal, I thought to myself, wait, what's happening? (laughs) And then, like, I really had to, like, keep piecing it together because the more they revealed, the more I thought, hang on, wait. So if that is, then what is, who, why is that? And, I'm and, not even fully and, sure that they all make sense, frankly. Um, I'm going to say that maybe one element of it still doesn't make sense to me. Okay. But we'll get to that when we spoil. Yes. Um, So yes, it's a film with a secret. And that's kind of the fun of the film. And by fun, I mean, it's a... You know, it's a bummer. Yeah, <laughs> in that so, that's like fun is in quotation marks here. Um, it
0: it it also undoes one of the things I like about the movie in a way, but we'll get into that
1: later. So, here's another thing that I really like about it. That production design is so meticulous and so gorgeous and so thematically relevant there are uh repeated visual references to busby berkeley dance uh numbers some in black and white some are uh you know created by the women in the dance class and i love the because since we talked last week on linoleum knife presents more linoleum knife About the film 42nd Street. On our Patreon. The 1933 film 42nd Street. Um, And there was the quote from uh, Emmanuel Levy, who was quoting another film critic whose name I am blanking on right now, and I apologize for that. But he referenced Busby Berkeley's choreography as uh, specifically erotic. And A representation of eroticism in a time that was repressing that eroticism and so the use of that in this film i think is really a wonderfully visual powerful symbol of the stuff that's happening in the film and i was the and as i got to the end of the movie i thought oh okay yes I like that so much. So there's stuff here that I agree with you about. Like, again, there's a thing I don't understand still. Um, and I think also, yeah, pacing-wise, I think they could have given you a little more instead of dragging out the the foreboding mm-hmm. of it. But overall, I'm into this movie. It's strange and... uh I don't give one flying heck about the backstage no. uh, troubles. And I luckily got to see it before any of that stuff started right. really coming right. out. Right. Yeah. You saw it well before any of that stuff, any of that news broke. Yeah. Uh, you got an advance, advance screening. I went to a movie theater cinema hmm. to see it with friend, neighbor, and local thirst trap, Gary Cotty. <laughs> Where, by the way, they showed the uh, trailer for the Whitney Houston biopic. Yeah. And I'm filled with trepidation. <laughs> yeah. Because I a I want it to be good because I loved her so much. And B, I just want it to do right by her. Like I can't deal with it if it's going to be uh, like blonde. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> where, where it's just this, you know,
0: you know what I mean? Well, the uh, the the poster keeps saying from the writer of Bohemian Rhapsody, which is how I kind of figure it probably won't be like Blonde. Well, Yeah, <laughs> and, 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 and of course, my first yeah. thought is, oh, so this movie will also not be about
1: any of her queerness. Well, that's that is a thing that I am worried about. Like, are you going to take this this woman who was very bisexual, yeah, and just strip this thing away from her? And when we see it, we'll find out. Sure. Uh, but I have this fear. It's I, like You know, because they, 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 the first bit of music you hear in the trailer, she's like, there's a boy. And I was like, yes. <laughs> How will I know? I, 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 can't. I, wa- I, I want to know. That this is going to be an okay film. Well,
0: the trailer to me, I already strike one of the few things I gleaned out. of was like, "Oh, they're presenting Clive Davis
1: real benignly." I guess who knows? It's a trailer. We don't know we from don't know. the trailer. We don't know anything. You don't know a damn thing from a trailer. But it just, I'm like, the fact that there's even a film, yeah, makes me go, "Oh no!" Yeah, the please, od- the please, of, please, 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 the odds please. of them getting it right is already don't feels be, don't astronomical. Don't do bad things to Whitney Houston's, you know, mm-hmm. memory. Um. All right, so we're gonna spoil the heck out of. Don't worry, darling. don't worry, darling. After we say goodbye. But I liked it. I liked it, and I I I I don't know how well it's doing at the box office, but I uh, I liked it, and I I uh, okay opening weekend it. go see it. Mostly pretty bad reviews, I think. So. Okay. Um, and you're right. Florence Pugh is tremendous. Yes. Uh, you know who? Do you know who else I love in this film? Chris Pine. Olivia Wilde. Oh, yeah. She's she fine. is. Okay. You know the Catherine Ross in The Stepford Wives? You know the sassy friend? Oh, who, yeah. Who Paul played the, Paul Apprentice. Yes. Thank you. Paul Apprentice plays the sassy friend yeah. in Stepford Wives. Olivia Wilde is playing Paul Apprentice <laughs> in this film. I suppose so. Yeah. Um, and, you know, well, of course, Chris Pine is. <laughs> I can't even tell you why Chris Pine is good because it would be a spoiler. So um, just know that he is. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Confess. Fletch. F-L-E-T-C-H. Fletch. Please explain this film. Tell people what it's about. Okay, so... Who's in it? What
0: happened? This is John Hamm taking over for Chevy Chase who played uh, Gregory McDonald's Fletch character for... A couple movies in the 80s. In the 80s. One which has endured and the other one which has not. Um, And uh, this one is set in... uh, It's basically... Fletch is no longer an investigative reporter. He is kind of bumming around He's just kind of a layabout, really. Uh, Just a bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Winds up, uh, he gets a very rich girlfriend. And her father is kidnapped. And she is convinced... That her stepmother, played by Marsha Gay Harden, has stolen these paintings that are part of his collection.
1: These are Italians, by the way. You didn't mention that. Oh, forgive me. Okay. Did I say run Randilly? Did you say that? I thought I did. Eh, anyway, maybe I did. They're Italians.
0: Okay. <sighs> Fletch realizes that a couple of the paintings from the collection have been sold in Boston by a shady art dealer played by uh, Kyle MacLachlan. So uh, she sends him to Boston to find out what's going on. When he arrives at his B&B, there is a dead body there. Yeah. Uh, the police want to pin it on him. He very laconically insists that it is not He's him. He's like, that wasn't me. I called you, by the way, but nonetheless, to tell you that there was a dead body. Nonetheless, here. keeps butting into the investigation, <laughs> even though they
1: really wish he wouldn't. Yeah, he, he treats the detectives like... His colleagues yeah. on the case. He's like, "Look here, I've been doing some. I've been doing some investigative work." And they're like, "Go home, don't. Please. You're a suspect. Get out of here." Exactly. <laughs> uh,
0: the police, by the way, are played by uh, Aiden Mayeri, who is also great. On I love that. I love that. For love you that for and you. Roy Wood Jr., who is hysterical. There are a lot of very funny people in this movie. Annie Mumolo is in it. Lucy Punch, John Ham, John Ham. You know, is a funny guy, and he's great in this, and actually gets to team up again with John Slattery, playing his right. former editor, who helps him out in this investigation. Um, like the nineteen eighty five Fletch, the investigative stuff is less interesting than the Fletch mm-hmm. lies to people and says outrageous things. To you them.
1: are actually unconcerned with how it all turns out. Yeah. like the mystery of the art heist and the murder. You're like. I guess they'll solve it by the <laughs> yeah, end of the movie. They'll like, explain it to they, us at some point. Fine. It, it's not like it's not like watching like knives out. Where you're like, who done it? Who yeah. really who did? You know? This is a film where you are watching and thinking, eh, everyone's just being very funny. I just want to so watch I don't John really, Ham mess with people. I don't really and, care about like, how, lie how this all is.
0: situations. Yeah. Uh Marcia Gay Harden is oh my god, I love her so much. Like the, she's the having the MVP. She is having this moment right now between like this. And uh, uh, Uncoupled... Uncoupled is a terrible show on that Netflix. That she's the best thing in. That
1: she is really funny in.
0: And this is a really good thing that she
1: is also the best thing in. Yeah, this this movie is uh, completely entertaining. Yeah. And that's all it wants to be. You know, there's... No one's trying to teach you a dang thing in this film. No. Um, there's no deeper meaning about it all. It's just a, a, a romp. Yeah a light a light murder romp exactly uh yeah. with people who are funny saying funny things doing funny things and and but and at the end you learn what those secrets are and and you you don't even remember what they are 5 minutes after you watch them <laughs> uh here's what you will remember Marcia Gay Harden and the way she says the word flesh yes because she is playing an italian uh, she's portuguese born italian <laughs> she's playing a portuguese born italian woman who uh, whose entire life is luxury items yes. and luxury places, and who moves about sort of languidly and with uh, a sense of her own uh, 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 deserving yeah, uh, entitlement, uh, to en- entitlement to be pampered, entitlement to be pampered and 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 sexed and <laughs> and uh, and indulged, yeah, and handed a Negroni. So everything out of her mouth is. Ooh, flesh. <laughs> she she is absolutely trying to seduce him through the entire film, although and insisting that she is not. If you asked her if she was, she'd be like, "Of course not." No. And if you asked her if she truly was thinking about it, she'd be like, "Oh no, 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 no! I would never do that. He's dating my stepdaughter, but her her ac- her actions are so <laughs> horny. <laughs> she doesn't." I feel like she's a character who doesn't even know that she's trying to seduce him. She just doesn't know how to turn that off. She just is like, she shows up in a slip in the the bathroom when he's taking a shower. And he comes out of the shower with a towel on. She's like, why are you so naked in here? And he's like, you came in in here. here. Where are your clothes? (laughs) She comes into his bed. She gets in the bed with him. She's like, okay, you may make love to me one time. You know. This oh, movie. oh, flesh! She's constantly talking about his penis, about his chest. Like she, and and oh. and and it's not even just that. It's like every moment she's on camera is wacky. Yeah, yeah. Oh
0: god! So this movie's great. It's it was been barely marketed. It was yeah. Why it, is that? It's, uh, I it's from Greg know. Mottola Greg, who made yes. Bad and I'm blanking uh, on Adventure Adventureland and the Day Trippers. Yeah. It's like. It's Paramount technically is releasing it, but it's Who's a Who's trying Miramax to dump it movie. and why? I, I, you know, I, I suspect this is like a contractual obligation thing. The movie is going to pop up on Showtime and maybe Paramount Plus like at the end of October. So I think they didn't really care about the theatrical. So, I guess. Uh, so many people don't even know this movie exists. Anyway, if it's still in theaters where you are, go see it. You can also rent it on demand. It's like 20 bucks, but, you know, worth it. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's really fun and just a complete lark. Very silly. Yes.
1: All right, now, can you remind me the circumstances uh, in which you saw Moon Age Daydream? In terms of... Like, you went to an early press screening. Yes. And was it at, like, a big Dolby, yes. IMAX-y kind of it situation? Was at, it was
0: at... In Burbank, there is a Dolby... Like lab. Oh, so you you saw it at Dolby Labs? Yes. Okay, 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 okay.
1: We've both seen films there. Yes. And, and it's it's a it's a pretty big screen, but it's really the sound that exactly you're going for. It, it, they it, are sound that I can feel. It, yes, like thank you, thank you Nicole. That's what you're getting. Yeah, at it, the Dolby Labs. Like if they wait, none of you will ever be allowed to go there <laughs> because it's for press screenings. And, and only industry only people like us. Yes, we're and so our, our film critic privilege. Do we get to go see stuff there?
0: <laughs> like, if they want you to see something big, they'll show it at like you know the IMAX house at Universal City Walk, yeah. which is a legit IMAX and not the AMC version. Yeah. But when they want you to like hear a sound, hear a movie in your bowels, they will send you to the Dolby Lab. Like, that's where I saw A Star is Born. That's where we saw The Northmen, you know. Uh, And so, yeah, they sent me to see Moon Age Daydream there. And I must say, if you're going to see Moon Age Daydream and you should see it in a theater and you should see it with whatever, like, the most bowel-rattly sound you can access. Double double reference to
1: bowels from Alonzo Duralde. You know, it, there you it, go. You,
0: you, it it should be like a, a rumble in your tummy when, when, when you watch this movie, because it is, uh, you explain it. <laughs> what is this movie?
1: Um, well, it's from uh, Brett Morgan. Yes. Who made uh, Cobain Montage of Heck, which is a documentary I really liked a lot. Did he do The Kid Stays in the
0: Picture? Kurt
1: Cobain, did he? Uh, he did, The Kid Stays in the Picture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So anyway, this is a uh, documentary uh, about David Bowie, but it is more and less. (laughs) It is more than that, and also, yes, less than that. Um, I saw it just at a regular AMC theater, because in its initial few weeks of release, they were only screening it in IMAX. Yes, And... The IMAX screens in Los Angeles are just too painful for me. So um, I waited because I knew it was going to go into general release at regular multiplexes. Right. And that's, listen, sit close enough. The sound is plenty big for you. Sure, All right. It's two hours and 15 minutes, which is an impossibly short amount of time to cover the life of David Bowie. All right. So understand going in that you're not going to get everything oh, no. about his life. He is. He, they are. He is. Mr. Morgan is picking and choosing. Um, and unlike two recent, really wonderful rock documentaries, uh, the Sparks Brothers and uh, Todd Haynes' The Velvet Underground. Yes. This one goes it moves chronologically mm-hmm. but here's what's different i went with a younger friend who is a really you know, like like big music fan but here's the gap in his musical life doesn't know a thing about david bowie mm. is is fresh to yeah. david bowie <clears throat> I could feel him getting fidgety midway through the movie. And I thought, yeah, I get that. Because if you don't know anything about David Bowie, if you aren't already a fan, if you don't have a base coat, if you don't, yeah, if you aren't already a fan, you are going to be sitting through a two hour and 15 movie that is a swirly sight and sound experience, a collage, a cascade. It is, <laughs> it is a cascade of collages. Yes, <laughs> uh, it's a collage of cascades. Thank you. Maybe the most impressionistic. Yes, that's the uh, word. Music documentary I've ever seen, where you've got sounds that are unrelated to the song that's playing. Maybe sometimes some crowd noise. Maybe sometimes David Bowie interview transcripts, actually uh, audio, you know, archival uh, stuff, talking over the very music mm-hmm. that you are hearing. The oral experience of this a u r a l is really overwhelming, and I think it's great. But that's because I really like David Bowie. And, I've, and, I've, and I am old, right? I'm 58 years old, and he has always been. Sure. right? I'm a little kid, and I hear David Bowie. And I think, that is a, 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 an outer space man, and I don't know why. <laughs> uh, and he's a little, kind of frightening to me, so I'm going to pretend I didn't see <laughs> who that was. You know, you're a little kid this is freaky freaky looking glam rock people when you're six yeah you're not interested no you pass and so um so it didn't it was i guess by the time i was 10 or 11 and the song fame was on Mm -hmm. the radio then i was like oh is that that guy but he looks different now (laughs) i like this song yeah. So luckily I, I started paying some attention.
0: I had a brother who had like Changes One. Right. And so I didn't necessarily have to like look at him, but I was like, I would just listen to him, Which like, brother oh, had that uh, record? Uh, Fernando. Fernando. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, like I dig, I love these songs. These are, these are really cool. And then like, you know, I, by the time I got into high school, like Let's Dance became ubiquitous. Right. The album.
1: 80s were a whole other David Bowie. than yeah. The one that came up through the 70s. And
0: and, and I think there are ways to critique less dance that this movie is not interested in doing or really critiquing anything.
1: It does a little bit. Like closer to the end, he talks about how by the time he got to the 80s and his career exploded. Mm. Like he was already a big famous deal. Yeah. But in the 80s, he became enormously popular and successful. And he says closer to the end, I wasn't ahead of the audience. They were with me. Yes, that's true. And I was I was stagnating. I was happy to be popular, I was happy to be, you know, making money, I was happy to be giving people something that they enjoyed, but I wasn't moving forward and I'd always sort of prided my I'm totally paraphrasing here by the way. I had prided myself on 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 moving forward, right. And so and then came sort of the lull where he just kind of got to do whatever he wanted all through the '90s and mm-hmm. you know 2000s, uh, without the burden of radio caring right. <laughs> about mm-hmm. what he was doing. So, I think he had a freedom in his in his later life yeah. that he might not have had when he was raking in piles of cash in the 1980s. Right. Um, I, I yes, I,
0: I think that ultimately this is a fascinating movie that's not a. Great documentary? Like, in terms
1: of if you... It's a it's a trip movie. Yeah,
0: it is. It's is, It's almost like an installation more than it is a film
1: because it is this sort of... Perfect s- double feature with Velvet Goldmine, mm. which is Bowie adjacent, but yeah. not about him. Right, right. You know, right.
0: yeah. Uh, I You know, like I loved... The Velvet Underground documentary. Yeah, and I'm not a fan of the Velvet Underground. Right, right. Like I know why they're important and all that stuff, but they they're not one of my go tos. But the movie really places them in a context and like makes you understand where they come from, why they matter. Todd Haynes how in that movie changed. is
1: doing the Lord's work because what he's doing for people like you, yes. is saying he's holding my hand and walking. You, he's through holding your hand and walking you through it, but he's also saying, "Come on." Don't you want to listen to this Isn't now? Isn't this great? Isn't this great? And by the end of the movie, you're like, yeah, it probably is. Yeah, I'll, I need to probably give it give it a little time. So, like, Moonage. A little of my time.
0: Yeah, Moon Age Daydream is something else. It, it, you know, it, it is. It, it is. This... It is for
1: people like me. It is for fans. Yeah, who already know him and already like him. And
0: I wonder if non-fans. Who were told on the way in, by the way, you're, you're not, not gonna, gonna learn. learn anything. Yeah. Right. You're just gonna experience this Cirque du Soleil show that's really <laughs> just about you know editing of, of you know yeah. his stuff. Maybe, you know, on that level, I think they would they would be into it and be interested in it. Because like you compare this, the other movie I thought of was Alex Winters Zappa. Yes, where he too is given access to like hours Everything. and hours and hours Everything. of all this footage and all these audio. Yeah and he is that's a much more traditional music documentary yes, let me tell this guy's story let me explain who he is and what his cultural context was and all that stuff and and morgan isn't doing any of that <laughs> and so if you're okay with that and you just want to see the sights and hear the sounds then yeah this is this is a, a, a an experience of that sort
1: i'm going to complain about one thing Okay, so you're David Bowie. And you are famous for over five decades. Yeah. Or maybe five decades. I don't know. Five decades at least. Sure. And let's say in your five decades, you go on two talk shows and you give two print interviews and your voice is forever recorded into a tape recorder and you do that, let's say you do four of those, like two of those and two of the other things. Four, four interviews a year for 50 years. <laughs> so your, your documentary has access to hours and hours and hours and hours of people, especially in the 1970s, asking you questions about your personal process and your interior journey. There's a really wonderful art documentary from several years ago called Beautiful Losers. Yeah. About about a group of artists, visual artists, gallery artists uh, from the San Francisco Mission area. Yeah. One of them, basically my favorite of the bunch, an artist named Chris Johansson, whose work I own, you know, got it a long time ago I was stoked to hear what he had to say about his work in the documentary <laughs> And in this documentary he's like, "Yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> like that's" <laughs> And I and I finished the doc thinking, "You know, okay, I respect that." Yeah, fair. Fair. <laughs> and so he, To be fair, he does talk about his work, but, you know, not in a way that is as loquacious as David Bowie. David Bowie loved to talk about his work. And when you asked him a question about his internal process, he was right there with some answers. And because it was 1972, some of it sounded like complete nonsense. <laughs>
0: Let the mystery be.
1: This movie is two hours and 15 minutes of music and sound and noises and David Bowie talking about his internal processes and his, and his work. And about halfway through it, I was thinking, girl, just shh, be quiet for a minute. Shut up and sing. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. You, you're always thinking about what you're doing. You're always pushing yourself inside and you're always trying for, you know, new understandings of the world and yourself and music and art and the cosmos. And, and, and some of it you have to, to put into a painting and some of it you're going to use as an actor when you're on stage as the elephant man or in The Man Who Fell to Earth. Y'all, go watch The Man Who Fell to oh, Earth. for sure. What a wild movie that is. But honestly, about halfway through this, I thought, you could stop talking. <laughs> really. It would be okay. But Morgan pieces together all of these, all of this verbal stuff from Bowie. Because he knows if you're a super fan, you really want to hear it all. You want to hear the guy keep talking. He's gone now. He's dead. Right. So you really want to hear him talking. And I'm a fan. But I was ready by, the mid, by about mid-movie, I thought... Listen, maybe a little less of this. Yeah. A little more of the music. That's my only complaint. Otherwise, I dig this. Mm. I had a I had a great time. Uh and afterward, the friend who didn't know much about Bowie was sort of like I wanted some facts and some dates and some things. And then a day later, he just texted me F that movie. That was all that was the wow. whole text. <laughs> F that movie. Um and I hope I hope, friend, I hope you're listening. Uh, uh, you know, listen to the music yeah. of David Bowie. Start or, in the 70s. Read the Wikipedia page. Enjoy, enjoy the music. The, the documentary might not be for you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I definitely came away with, oh, well, I guess we're not going that. Oh, we're not, I guess we're not covering that either, but, you know. Please. Oh, yeah, they
1: leave out, they leave out so many things. Yeah. Um, who was it? Oh, Gary. Gary was texting me, and he goes, uh, "Half of the movie should just be about that part in the show extras where he, <laughs> where David Bowie writes a song about how ugly Ricky Gervais is." It's like that was not in that was not in Moonage Daydream. Yes, how could all. they leave? Not that one bit. of how that could Was they? in the movie. Uh, we have letters. Yes, but
0: first uh, a quick reminder: we have a Patreon page. Yeah, that at patreoncom slash Um If you want more of this and why wouldn't you uh, we offer a maiden lots of different maybe
1: movies. you yourself are about an hour into this going you know what you could stop talking that, yeah it's true if so that the Patreon's not for you because yeah. it's just more of us talking indeed about a variety of subjects yeah television food uh, old movies mhm um, and then there's a show where we just talk about anything we want yeah like literally anything we, we like, want even more so than this show yeah right? <laughs>
0: Anyway, patreon.com slash linoleumknife. We hope you'll
1: check it out. Letter. Derek says, Thanks for Sparks. Do you like swans? Derek. Yes. Now, uh, did I pay attention to swans after eh, the early 90s? Not really. But in the 80s? Post-hardcore, crushing, Punishing, forbidding noise. Big crashing sounds. Yeah. Swans, like... Swans are like someone touching your nipples. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah.
0: I don't know who swans are.
1: (laughs) Uh, Thanks for reviewing the Sparks doc. Prior to that, I had heard the song Exploder episode for This Town, and then I heard y'all's glowing review... And then it was available on Netflix, so I watched it, and I immediately became a fan. Yeah, Sparks, uh, great. Yeah. I'm upset at myself for not discovering them sooner. Nah,
0: yeah. you have a whole life. Exactly. Your whole life ahead of you. Always things to encounter and enjoy.
1: Anyway, Dave, I have a general idea of your musical tastes, so I was curious, do you like Swans? They seem to be a band that you would have enjoyed in the 80s, and maybe continued following through their current trajectory. I, I confess that we grew apart.
0: Mm. You wish them well, <laughs> Yeah, you parted ways. We grew
1: apart um, because there was like a softer album that came out. Oh, no. And then I was like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. The softer side of swan. I would like something more uh, destructive. Uh, mm, I'm I, a baby. Of course you would. I'm just, I'm a baby. I'm a little punk rock baby. I just want things to be all like, rrr, rrr, you know.
0: I want my pudding cup. Right.
1: Uh, he continues through various twists of fate, I wound up with three copies of their documentary. Where does a body end and would like to send you a copy if you are so inclined. Do let me know best Derek Derek, yes, sure, I haven't seen that documentary. I would love to watch that documentary. by the way, speaking of people sending us things the two the two lovely people who sent us books, yes, recently, thank you so much. You know who you are, and the wonderful person who sent us jams and jellies mm. you know who you are too and thank you you can't eat them books <laughs> you can't put them books on a, on a piece of toast <laughs> love books love books while i'm eating the toast and the jellies there you go it all comes together so yeah i'll i'll, I'll watch a swans documentary because honestly I don't even know what happened <laughs> after I left, after I checked out. I, I I I know very little. So uh thoughts on Prey from Ryan. You two watched the English version, the virgin, the English version, yes. and I have only watched the Comanche dub. Hmm. In your discussion, you spoke about the CGI animals. For me, that was the only element that ever took me out of the experience, though I accepted it because I know I'm watching a movie. Uh, conversely, having watched the movie dubbed, I felt an even greater investment in the story. Much like how computer-generated animals wouldn't have existed in the context of the film, neither would English-speaking natives. Right. Because of the dub, I felt immersed enough that it was easier to accept a little bit of uncanny valley. Prey also did something I wish more films cared to do. I frequently watch movies with subtitles on, and typically when an additional language is spoken, spoken in this case French, the subtitles will read speaks in French. <laughs> <laughs> However, Prey actually included the French dialogue. Makes little to no matter for someone who doesn't speak French, but even little but even still provides an effort proves an effort on the part of the filmmakers to keep their audience engaged. The future of direct-to-streaming movies has its share of ominous outcomes, but the ability to provide options, like the Comanche dub, might be a silver lining.
0: Oh, yeah, good point. Uh, yeah, I, I do want to go back and watch that at some point. When we saw the film, we had gotten a, a, a link from Hulu to watch it in advance, and they did not make the Comanche dub available. But now that it is streaming that way, we should, at some point... Go check that out, because I've heard very good things. And I see your point about it being more immersive.
1: Shoddy, 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 get your letter here. <laughs> Hello, shoddy. She says, I've been dying to see Anada Armas, as Marilyn Monroe. Oh. But your review rightfully turned me off, as you made it sound like torture porn. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like, okay. Ana de Armas is really good in this movie. Is. This movie that felt like agony to me. She is blameless here. Uh, she continues, make no mistake, not only has Andrew Dominic done Marilyn Monroe a disservice, he's also stealing a first lead actor Oscar from a Latina actress. I mean, maybe. I mean, this, might, this, this movie might really sit well with people in the Academy who want a really powerful performance. And she gives one. I read, uh, uh, well, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get to what I read the other day in a second. Uh, she continues. Zack Snyder, Michael Bay, Michael Mann, David Fincher, and Andrew Dominic. <laughs> get that list going. Need to understand that caring about your subjects is actually much harder than screaming, the world is just a messed up place, man. <laughs> I can assure you, Wonkar Pedro Almodovar, mm-hmm. Robert Bresson, and my compatriot Jafar Panahi are all very much aware that this world is nothing but pain. But they choose to portray it with their heart and their soul and their brain because they are artists and not just petulant children. Sincerely, Shadi, P.S., pray for Iran. My friends are currently trying to set its patriarchy and theocracy on fire along with their hijabs word thank you shoddy yes as always uh the the more information that came out this week about the things that andrew dominic said in that Uh, sight and sound interview uh just infuriating but one telling thing he did say which made me think okay i understand that that was your approach he talked in this interview about how he was only concerned with the images of her and creating a sort of abstract meditation on those images, mm-hmm. I understand that. So if you're if you're making what you want to be, uh, if you're making what you consider to be sort of like an abstract meditation on the on the images of the historical images of Marilyn Monroe, and you are and you are wanting to do that uh, instead of focusing on her work. Her humanity. I understand that that is an approach that you could take. It is clearly the approach he took. He's also not doing that one well. He also doesn't care. As Shadi said, he doesn't care about her. No. He does not care about her. And while he is correct in that all of us, in the way we think about Marilyn Monroe, are projecting... Sure, things onto her. But I think it is still worth the the try. It's still worth the try to make a film that explores the longevity and lasting nature of her work and what was good about her work. Because he himself in this interview infuriatingly says, Eh, who watches her movies anymore? They're nothing. It's insane. He he makes an exception for some like it hot. Yeah. That's it. Because without the what, mov- a, what I want to punch him in the face. Yes.
0: <laughs> because here's the thing. Without the movies, yeah. th- that that persona, that image does not endure. You know, Betty Grable was on, you know, was the queen of pinups of the nineteen forties. Yes. And, you know, a talented performer in her own right. Do people watch Betty Grable movies that much anymore? Not really. And so, you know, the image of Betty Grable diminishes over time. But the reason that people still focus on Marilyn Monroe isn't just the Eisenstadt photographs, it's Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, you know, it's How to Marry a Millionaire, it's Bus Stop, it's The Misfits, it's all Mm -hmm. these other films. And for him to say that was just, oh, dude... You're just like the movie was bad enough. You're just making it worse now. Speak less. Yes.
1: (laughs) No, flesh. Be quiet, flesh. Don't speak. (laughs) Okay, that's it. We're done. We're going to say goodbye. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa. whoa, whoa. The Julius letter. What did I just say earlier? Okay, all right. Please remember
1: every word that comes out of my mouth.
0: (laughs) I wanted to be clear. We were on the same page
1: here. We're going to say goodbye, and then we're going to read Julius's letter that spoils nope. Yes. And then we're going to spoil
0: Don't Worry Darling. But there might be some people who don't mind a nope spoiler but do mind a Don't Worry Darling spoiler. Right. So we'll Or vice versa. So. And if that's
1: the case you're on your own. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> you on you. You just skip ahead or whatever. But
0: we'll, we'll give another warning before we get into Don't Worry Darling. Territory.
1: Yeah. Uh and with that, goodbye. Okay. All right. The- Those of you who stuck around we're going to read Julius's letter that spoils Nope. Now he's also talking about Velvet Buzzsaw. Yes. A film I didn't really care for. Mm. But Dog Nope. And you didn't care for Nope. I did not. Or, or Velvet Buzzsaw. I thought Velvet Buzzsaw was okay. Hey, okay. Uh, the letter is addressed to Murph and Josephina. <laughs> I know you haven't reviewed Nope yet. Oh, this is before we reviewed it. Yeah. Uh, so this is a heavily, how, how old is this letter?
0: It's, it was. It was after. It's nope from came, July. It was after okay. it came out, but All before right. you'd seen it.
1: I know you haven't read Nope. This is a heavily spoilerish-laden letter. If you read it, have a spoiler pause. I did an unintentionally thematic double feature yesterday of Nope and Velvet Buzzsaw. I have come to the conclusion that Nope and Velvet Buzzsaw are essentially the same movie, but with different trappings. Nope is a Close encounter slash M. Night Shyamalan film about a new type of predator that will eat you alive if you look at it. Velvet Buzzsaw is a Vincent Price-style throwback about works of art that will destroy you if you look at them. Nope is very obviously about a generic spectacle, and nope is very argue... I'm going to read that sentence again. Would you? Nope is very obviously about a generic spectacle, and art is nothing but a spectacle. Nope is about people, I don't think art is nothing but a spectacle, but I'll let you have that. Nope is about people who try to control and commodify the predator without understanding the predator, and who mostly meet very bad ends, including the actors of Gordy's Home. Velvet Buzzsaw is about the art world that tries to control and commodify works of art without understanding its power, most of whom meet very bad ends by those same works of art. NOPE is about power struggles within the film world, who's in, who's out, how one climbs up the ranks without actually being at the center. Velvet Buzzsaw is about the elevation of an outsider artist who wanted his works destroyed, and another artist who gave up alcohol and watched his whole career dry up only to try to climb back to his previous status. NOPE has the commodifiers trying to form human connections, such as between brother and sister, as as well as between the horse ranchers and the tech guy and documentarian. Velvet Saw has a love triangle between the art critic, the art seller, and the artist, as well as the regular nest of interactions between artists and art dealers. Stylistically, these are two different movies. Nope is an overlong homage to Spielberg, <laughs> namely Close Encounters and Jaws, and Shyamalan, while B- Velvet Buzzsaw is an overlong high-camp drama horror that hews that closer to the Vincent Price murder fests of the late 60s and 70s. Both need trimming. <laughs> <laughs> But both are spectacular, especially when we get to the actual killings. Nope has people get digested in tubes of inflated bouncy house material, and later turns the alien from, from a sand dollar into a bizarre grand guignol papier mache float. Velvet Buzzsaw has Frances McDormand get her arm cut off in a silver sphere, and another character gets pain crawling up her body. And both even have commentary about the audience's role in the entire in the whole shenanigans. Velvet Buzzsaw literally has wheelings and dealings with art buyers, and then Francis McDormand's dead armless body is, is treated as part of the art exhibit with kids playing in the pool of blood. Nope has ponders about the unknowable audience swallowing and destroying everything, but also about the audience getting destroyed by what they watched. By what they watch. Anyway, I preferred Velvet Buzzsaw, if only because I prefer Vincent Price trappings over Close Encounters Chambellan trappings. Plus, Jake Gyllenhaal gets naked in one of these, and I've had a crush on him since Donnie Darko. (laughs) Thank you, Julius. I
0: don't think anyone else has been connecting those dots. So you're the first. Yeah.
1: All right. Here's what happens. in don't worry, darling. Are you ready? If you don't want to know, now is the time to stop. Are you ready? Three, two, one. Don't worry, darling. She's in the Matrix,
0: sort of.
1: Yeah. Uh, They are all existing in a simulation.
0: Yes. Chris Pine is a creepy Jordan Peterson type who- Basically, yeah. uh, Who is basically, who is getting dudes to imprison their wives in this uh, computer simulation, essentially. Uh, And so when the husbands all leave for the day, they have to go work for whatever- Nonsense company Chris Pine has, yeah, while the wives are in the simulation all day and then they
1: get to rejoin them at night. That's basically it, yeah. Now, uh, my questions
0: What's the plane?
1: What's the plane? And and I and I and I realized the plane, the eggs, the hallucination at the dance class, Mm. the watching. Does Kiki Lane actually
0: jump off that build or fall off that house, or no, no. does she just imagine, no, no. It or is it a glitch in the
1: matrix? All of these things are glitches. That Florence that Florence Pugh's character is so observant and intelligent to notice that she begins the hunt for the truth because she's a doctor in real life. Outside of the simulation, she's a surgeon. Yeah, so she is about detail. And so she has to piece it all together. However, even after she pieces it all together, there are two unanswered questions. I said I have one, but I actually I actually have two. Okay. One of them is, why is Chris Pine in the simulation? What's he what purpose does it serve him to be there? Making himself vulnerable. To the comeuppance that befalls him at the end of the film. I'm not even sure what the comeuppance... What, what, I'm not even sure what
0: happens at the end of the film. <laughs>
1: Here's the other thing.
0: Except that there's a car chase in a movie that was not really the kind of movie that should have a car chase in it up until that moment. And said like, oh, I guess we're doing
1: this now. How do the ladies who are imprisoned... Yes. And in the in the in the simulation against their will, mm-hmm. how do they eat and yes. stuff? Like we, what? We, we I see mean, they, like, they are alive in the real world. They're on a plank. There's a know, moment where Harry Styles puts
0: like a corner of wet towel in her mouth yeah. to keep her is hydrated. That, is that's that the it. water?
1: Like what? Where's the food? Are they hooked up to an IV for yeah. the food? Like no. I don't understand anything. Um, the thing that that's the part I don't get. The other part, the the thing,
0: the movie that I was sort of into until the reveal made, made me think you. Yeah. The fact that Harry Styles and Florence Pugh's character have this really, like, passionate sex
1: life. Right.
0: Because I agree with the people who say that modern cinema is very much lacking in... There There is a
1: dearth of human eroticism. Yeah. Yes. Uh... What's but, the name of the article? Everyone is beautiful and no one is horny?
0: Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I'm a little far away from the mic. But, I'll, uh, get I'll get back in front. But then, you know, when you find out oh wait, she's a prisoner under against her will and yeah. he's and 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 even the you know and making this what you so will. So they're not
1: actually having sex. Well, that's the, they, that's
0: the thing. Oh. Much of the sex they're having in the movie is him you know pleasuring her. Pleasuring her, giving her the pleasure. Right. Yeah. But then if she is trapped in a barka lounger hooked up to this matrixy thing
1: maybe that's the only kind of sex they can have i don't know i don't know none of it none of that stuff makes sense um and so but but getting back to what i like about this is that it is as i said a very contemporary commentary on men who would rather uh have women enacting their own fantasies for them at a remove. They don't want to deal with real life women and real life, you know, relationships and real life anything. They want women to exist in their own little fantasy world doing exactly as they've been programmed to do. Right. And that is obviously, yes, that's the Stepford Wives. But. The fact that this is a Jordan Peterson-style guy who recruits his people, who recruits his guys from yeah. YouTube <clears throat> and his videos and his podcasts, makes it very real and very now. Um, so, yeah, my Part, question the, is,
0: why is Gemma Chan in the in the in the scenario, or why does if if she seemingly knows what's going on?
1: Well, she's voluntarily there, and so is Olivia Wilde's character. Uh, Gemma Chan's character is voluntarily there because she knows what's going on, okay. and Olivia Wilde's character knows what's going on, but she decided that she, she was, wanted that easy life anyway. No, no, no. Olivia Wilde's character is
0: there because her children are alive in the simulation. Yeah, but they're not real. But, right, but they're not—they're dead in the real world. So oh, that's right that's, right. that's right. That's in right. The simulation. Where I remember they can that's still still a plot detail that
1: I completely. Yeah. Forgot flew Out of my head after the movie was over, her real children died, yes, and she wants to go to the simulation because her children will be alive there, right? Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, yes, is, is it up to date with incels and you know, like, yes. you know, red pillars? Sure, but is it that far removed from you know, the god? Did
1: you hear? I'm sorry. Finish your Is sentence. Is it that far removed from the guys in Stepford Wives who basically right. want the same thing? Who did you hear uh, talking about? They took some like middle school girls to see it. Oh, Harry Styles. Yeah, fans. somebody on Twitter was yeah. like,
0: or "No, no, it was on, on." Somebody on the on the Flop House Facebook group was okay. like. Goes, she goes, "Say what you will about don't worry, darling." but in, in the theater in the screening that I went to, there were a bunch of teenage girls accompanied by one mom, right, um, who were all clearly Harry Styles fans. yes. And afterwards in the lobby, they were all talking about the themes of the movie because they'd right. never really seen something like this before. right So I will say this: yes, if this is some, you know Harry Styles youngster's gateway to like provocative feminist cinema, then great. But, you know, as somebody who's seen a lot of provocative feminist cinema, I think this is kind of weak. Young
1: ladies from that group of, of young ladies in that film, in that movie theater that saw this movie, I would like to introduce you to the, to the films of Chantal. I was going to say,
0: Jean Dielman is currently on the Criterion channel. Perhaps
1: Agnes Vardas' Le Bonheur, <laughs> Cleo from
0: 5 to 7. <laughs> one sings, the other doesn't.
1: Yeah. I, don't let this be the only one. <laughs> we have
0: so much pleasure
1: to show you. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Those are the those are the secrets of "Don't Worry, Darling."
0: Yes, make of that what you will. Uh, and if you have you know comments or questions about that or anything else, or if we missed something, drop us a line at linoleumpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe to the show at uh, Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on the air. You can also leave us positive feedback in all the places that we stream uh, like Stitcher Radio, The lounge.com, CastBox, Podbean, Google Play, Amazon Music, Spotify, uh, just pretty much most of the places. Thank you, Blue, for our wonderful theme music. Check out his stuff at bleu.bandcamp.com. Follow us at Cast on the social media, check out my other podcasts, Breakfast All Day on YouTube and uh, and on the podcasters with Christy Lemire, uh, Maximum Film, part of the Maximum Fun Network, and Deck the Hallmark. So, uh, that's the
1: show. What's for dinner?
0: Let me tell you. Leftover risotto? I guess.
1: Leftover risotto. Why not? It's okay. in the fridge, it's ready. Sure. Okay. All right. Cold? Cold? Do we
0: heat it up? I've had it cold twice, I would maybe like it. Some like it Some hot. Some like it hot. Yeah. Until next time. Goodbye.